Welcome to the Who to Thunk It podcast. I am your host, Zeb. And for this episode, I wanted to give a drawn out, complicated, and all inclusive answer to a simple question What is the oldest living thing? That's what that's what this whole episode's about. Just a simple question with a really fun answer. <laughs> so the cover photo for this episode, if you're watch, listening to it on a platform that show, shows the cover photo, I know not all of them do, um, but you can check it out on Anchor. You should be able to see the cover photo there. I believe also on Radio Public, it's on there as well. But the cover photo for this episode was taken by Louis de Guerre in 1838 of a street in Paris known as the Boulevard du Temple, a then fashionable area of shops, cafes, and theaters. Louis Daguerre was a French photographer famous for pioneering the daguerreotype, an early type of photo produced in a silver plate or a silver-covered copper plate. The exposure for this type of photography lasts seven minutes. It's seven minutes long. While the street in this photo appears empty, you can see a human figure in the bottom left corner. I placed the word OLD, old, all in red on the cover photo uh, next to him just to help point it out where this human figure is because you might miss it. The human figure is of a man getting his shoe shined. Because of the seven minute exposure, all of the other people in this very busy street that day don't show up in the photo because they were moving too much. But the man getting his shoe shined and the shoe shiner himself were still enough or, you know, didn't move enough to capture their outlines. This is the oldest surviving photo that captures human beings, and I absolutely love it for this episode's cover photo. I posted on social media a couple years back, and it, it, when coming up with a cover photo for this episode, it, I, I had to pick it. For this episode's main question, what is the oldest living thing? Can you guess? The short answer whenever I give a short answer, it usually is this. We don't know. We don't know what the oldest living thing is. It all depends on a, on a couple different things. Before I get into the weird science of some mind-blowingly old stuff, let's start with a good reference point. Us, humans. As of the 20th of August, 2020, the oldest known living person is Kane Tanaka, or Kane Tanaka, in Japan. At the age of 117 years old and 231 days, the oldest living man is Saturnino de la Fuente of Spain, aged 111 years, 194 days. The oldest person, and those are people who are living now, the oldest person to have ever, whose age has been independently verified is Jean Calmont. In 1875, he went, he lived from 1875 to 1997 of France. He lived to the age of 122 years and 164 days. The oldest verified man ever is, oh, it's a she, sorry. Uh, Jean Calmont is a woman. The oldest verified man ever is Jiromon Kimura. From 1897 to 2013 of Japan, he lived at the age of 116 years and 54 days. So those are the oldest people but as you probably already know, the current limits of the human lifespan don't hold a candle to some of our fellow animals. Ming, a quahog clam, died at the age of 507 when researchers tried to dredge the bivalve up from Icelandic waters. The quahog's lifespan is usually about 225 years, but a clam lived for 507 years. It's a long time to live as a clam. Um, as far as mammals go, Bowhead whales seem to have the most candles on their cake, over 200 of them. 
It makes sense. Since the marine mammals live in chilly waters, a cold environment causes a low body temperature, which in turn means slow metabolism and thus less damage to tissues. The oldest known wild bird is a 65-year-old Laysan albatross named Wisdom, which was shattered, which has shattered scientists' beliefs at, that the species lives only to the age of 40. Not only that, Wisdom is still giving birth and is raising healthy chicks. Currently, the world's oldest known land animal is Jonathan, and a 183-year-old、uh, Aldabra giant tortoise that lives in the grand lives in the grounds of the governor's mansion in Saint Helena, an island off of West Africa. The last animal I have is technically an animal, but you probably wouldn't guess it if you saw one: Antarctic glass sponge. So it's just a sea sponge. It takes the title of the oldest living animal with an estimated lifespan of fifteen thousand years, although they grow incredibly slow in these cold waters. Fifteen thousand years. The thing with all these numbers is, we're human. We're, no one, no one alive today was around fifteen thousand years ago. Not even close. Nobody's grandfather's 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 was. So, and you know, record keeping wasn't really popular fifteen thousand years ago. So this is all speculation. I mean, there is scientific backing, of course. But no, you can't know for certain, can you? But now, I'm moving out of the animal kingdom and into plants. Now, some of you, when I ask, can you guess? You may have guessed it was a plant, not an animal. That's a good guess. The oldest tree is an unnamed bristlecone pine from the same lo- from the location. It was a. <clears throat> it has a core suggested. It is five thousand and sixty-seven years old. This time-worn tree has lived through the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. It was already established when the ancient Egyptians started building their pyramids. Great, Great Basin bristlecone pine, Pinus longiva, is a species of pine tree. It is found in the American West, mostly in Utah, Nevada, and California. So that's the oldest tree in Fish Lake National Park in Utah.、Uh, in the U.S., lives a quaking aspen tree. That most people would struggle to see as a tree. It's a clonal tree called Pando. For,、uh, that's the name of this specific clonal tree, Pando, P-A-N-D-O, from the Latin meaning "I spread," and for good reason. All of the above ground trees sprout from the same roots or root system, and so share the same genes. While each individual stem, or what you'd call the tree, lives an average of 130 years, the root system is estimated to be 80,000 years old. So technically, maybe the oldest living organism we know of is 80,000 years old. However, each individual tree only lives 130 years. But is there anything older than plants? Oh yeah, hope you didn't forget about one of my favorite kingdoms of life and one of the weirdest, fungi or fungus. So, when it comes to categorizing living things, fungus is in a completely different kingdom than plants and animals. Fungi do life in a very weird way.、Uh, the oldest living fungus in the world is dubbed the humongous fungus, <laughs> and scientists can be fun too. It is an it is an individual of the colonial subterranean fungal species Ama Armillaria, and it solid it's a It solidifies in Oregon's Malheur National、uh, Forest. This appropriately named specimen, the humongous fungus, is thought to be between 2,000 and 8,500 years old. Apart from its 
its extreme age. It is also thought to be the world's largest organism by area at 238 acres. That's, you know, 965 hectares. That is 3.75 square miles, 9.65 kilometers, or roughly 1,803 football fields. So it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how big the humongous fungus is, but it's humongous. <laughs> And it started out as a microscopic spore. Keep that in mind. That's how freaking fun the fungi are. Now, We did the literal big three kingdoms of animals, plants, and fungus. Now it's time to go microscopic, where weird tactics like dormancy are part are put into play. The U bacteria, or most or most bacteria we think of, uh, would you consider an egg alive? How about the equivalent to an egg, a seed or a spore? They are the very first steps in a living organism's journey, after all, and at this very first step in life seeds or spores can go into dormant phase dormancy phases until their environment you know their temperature pressure sunlight air quality etc is just right for that egg seed or spore to grow and flourish well sometimes those dormancy periods last longer than just a winter or a year some very old bacteria spores were found in the gut of an extinct bee that was found in amber dating back to 25 to 40 million years ago. These spores found in the bee's gut are cells made during asexual reproduction. Even without being fertilized, they can develop into a new organism with the same genes as the organism that produced them. Spores often allow um, certain organisms to live through challenging conditions and regrow once conditions are more favorable. The bacteria from the bee gut were over 25 million years old, but scientists were able to get the spores to produce bacteria. So that's a kind of reminds me of Jeff Goldblum's quote from Jurassic Park. Um, you scientists were too busy uh, worrying about if you could do it. You didn't stop to think, should you do it? Um, <laughs> they took a, they, that sounds just like Jurassic Park. They found a fossilized extinct bee in amber, took it out. I'm like, hmm, Let's uh, grow the bacteria in its gut. Not wondering if it might be the next zombie virus. But anyway, that might be the oldest thing. It's 25, minimum 25 million years old, up to 40 million years old. But was it alive if it was dormant? Uh, that's up to you. Now for the ride or die kingdom, these life forms are some of the toughest SOBs on our planet and live in some of the harshest environments. Archibact archaea bacteria, specifically the deep subsurface microbes. Now, for this one, I watched a TED talk from the early from early 2018 titled The Deep Sea Mystery is Changing uh, or This Deep Sea Mystery is Changing Our Understanding of Life by Karen Lloyd. In it, Karen explains how she goes on expeditions on these deep on these uh deep sea drill ships and drill thousands of meters below the sea level to dredge up samples of deep sea mud. Karen and her team took a look at the deep sea mud samples under a microscope and found that microbes live in these seemingly barren landscapes under immense pressure at the bottom of the ocean. Then the team took the DNA of many of these microbes and learned the microbes were all different species. They thought maybe they'd all be the same or similar. They're so different. And that each one of those was unlike any other organism ever recorded before. 
How exciting is that? And it's a TED Talk. What do you expect? Karen and her team discovered a completely new and highly diverse microbial ecosystem with that no one ever, ever knew existed before the 1980s. They then attempted to feed these microbes to make them grow and replicate in petri dishes, but no matter what they fed them, nothing changed. They realized these microbes only required one zeptowatt of power, one zeptowatt of like energy to function. A zeptowatt is 10 to the minus 21. For a reference, a human requires 100 watts of power to function. One zeptowatt is much, much lower level of energy scientists thought any living thing could ever live off of. So this was a, a discovery in itself. Karen's team realized what these microbes have a very different, or that these microbes have a very different relationship with energy than anything else we know of. So they must have a different relationship with time. So when her team spent all these resources and effort in finding the right food to make these microbes grow rapidly, like most familiar microbes, scientists studied that what they really needed to give the deep sea subsurface microbes was massive amounts of time, something us humans are always trying to get more of. Because our typical microbes have to use much more energy and grow more rapidly to compete with storms and weeds growing or animals eating them, these deep sea organisms live in one of the most boring environments on Earth. They don't rush to survive, they just need to simply exist with an incredibly small amount of energy, and they need zero sunlight to do it. Zero. These deep sea subsurface microbes live incredibly long lifespans because they aren't bothered by the 24-hour day cycle that all of us above ground and above sea creatures do. Life that adapted in sunlight started a cool thing like photosynthesis to extract energy from the sun. Once that happened, all sun-impacted life started to live on a much faster, faster pace, shorter lifespan way. The sun gave us a reason to be fast and the fuel to do it. So here's a quote from Karen. <clears throat> You can view most of life on Earth like a circulatory system, and the sun is our beating heart. But the deep subsurface is a circulatory system that is completely disconnected from the sun. It's instead being driven by long, slow geologic, geological rhythms. These currently, There's currently no theoretical limit on the lifespan of one single cell. So there are 100 billion, billion, billion living microbial cells underlying all the planet's ocean, that's 200 times the total biomass of humans on Earth. Each one of these microbes has a fundamentally different relationship with time energy than us. What seems like a day to them might be a thousand years to us humans. So conclusion, trying to answer what is the oldest living thing on Earth is tough. This is a long conclusion because you have to define what you mean by living. Then once you define living, another example comes along that makes you scratch your head and go back to the drawing board to create that, recreate that definition. You have to consider all possibilities. Let me give you a uh, bit of a drawn out example as to what I'm talking about here. A good example of this conundrum of having to define the question itself or redefine it is what is the tallest mountain on earth? That's easy, right? It's Mount Everest. No, not really, but it depends on how you phrase the question. Do you want the tallest mountain or the highest point? Mount Everest is in competition for two other mountains on Earth. And when you investigate the question, I think Mount Everest, it has the weakest answer or is the weakest answer. The Earth is not a sphere. Sorry, flat earthers, that's not where I'm going with this. I mean, the, the shape of the Earth is not a perfect 
perfectly round. It's actually an oblate spheroid, meaning it bulges out at the equator more than it does at its poles. Because of this, the farthest point from the center of the Earth is not Mount Everest, because it is located significantly north of the equator. The farthest point from Earth's core is Mount Chimborazo in the Andes Mountains of South America. That means Mount Chimborazo is also closer to the moon than Everest, even though Chimborazo is not as high up from the standard sea level. But my question was, what was the tallest mountain on Earth? Tall does not equal high. Where high means how far something is in elevation from the ground or sea level, tall is the measurement of something from its bottom to its top. The tallest mountain on Earth is Moanoki in Hawaii, measuring at three or 33,500 feet or 10,210 meters from base to peak. While we all know about Everest, you probably haven't heard of Mauna Kea because half of it is submerged in the Pacific Ocean, about half. Everest is usually considered the tallest or highest because it's the highest point based off the most practical base to humans, sea level. So Everest stands 2000 or 29,035 feet above sea level. Mauna Kea only stands 13,796 above sea level. But the mountain extends about 19,700 feet below the Pacific Ocean, over half of it is submerged. The summit of Chimborazo is 20,564 feet above sea level. So, with the conundrum of how a question is actually phrased and defined, let's circle back to our original question. What is the oldest living thing on Earth? The oldest living thing uh, we have the most certainty of is a Great Basin bristlecone pine tree. Because they were able to core the actual tree, count all the rings. I mean, I, don't, I think they did a little bit more scientific um, thing, but they were able to actually see how old it was. Um, however, Pando, the quaking aspen and Antarctic glass borers could be much older, but their ages are assumed from indirect measurements and educated guesswork. The spores living in the extinct bee were by far the oldest. Um, at 25 to 40 million years, but aren't necessarily considered to have been alive for all of that time by the majority of the scientific community. And theoretically, those deep sea subsurface microbes could live their extremely slow, boring lives forever, just chilling in the mud. I'll let you decide which answer best fits the question, because it all depends on what you consider alive. And I'm not going to tackle that. Now, I want to do I do want to give out some credit for this episode because there's a lot of scientific stuff going on. I already talked about Karen Lord and her TED talk. You could check that out. It's really interesting. She's a very charismatic scientist who loves what she does and it comes out in the way she talks about it. The oldest living thing on earth by uh, Marnie Chesterton as BBC Radio Science Unit. That was one thing I used for this. Meet the animal that lives for 11,000 years by Liz Langley at National Geographic. And what is the oldest living thing on Earth? Ask a Biologist by Carla Muller uh, with Arizona State University. That was my episode on what is the oldest living thing. Um, no, it's not your grandma. It's not even a human. It's not even an animal. Um, but I do, or it might be if you think about the Antarctic sea sponge. Anyway, thank you for listening for Who to Thunk It. Once again, my name is Zeb. I appreciate you listening to this. I put a lot of time in it's, it, but it's really fun doing this podcast. And I hope you check out the next episode and the next episode and the next episode. Have a good day. Bye-bye.